finally. Should have started it seven minutes ago based on my watch. Oh, that's looking. It's strategy show time, Jordan Klein. NBA strategy show Thursday, December 14th. I am Josh Engelman. I am joined by Adam Scherer. We're brought to you by Underdog. Seven game slate tonight. So a little bit smaller than what we got yesterday. Just a gross slate yesterday. But get ready, Adam, because today is even worse. Hit that like button, subscribe to the channel, hit the notification bell, and follow us on Twitter. This slate is hard and, as of right now, wildly unfun. But fun on the opposite end in a weird way. What the like you're gonna mean? have to play a lot of garbage and like none of that's gonna be like the entertaining part. I think it's good for us. Okay, got it. Yeah, I mean I took one look at ownership and was just like, all right, this slate does not look enjoyable. Yeah, it's not at all. Every so like obviously I went through it on the process. I'd finish a team, I'd be like, ah, it doesn't really seem like we're gonna be getting a lot of these guys. Oh, it doesn't seem like we're gonna be getting a lot of these guys. And then the slate was over, and I was just like, I don't know if we play anybody today. Yeah. It's bad. It's real bad. But since Jordan decided to get us started at uh, 10.07, we're going to be a little short here. NFL strategy show coming up after this. So you ready to just dive in? Yeah. Uh, It would be great, though, if like Jordan just had friends in his life. So instead of conversing with us until 10.07, he actually started the show. It would help. It would help. Actually, you know what? I'm going to I'm going to drag up my heels a little bit for this one. There's two things we haven't talked. Well, one thing we haven't talked about yet that I'm actually curious on. Thoughts on Otani to the Dodgers? Was all I, I kind of I would have thought it was weird if he went anywhere else. Okay. I, yeah, I, I guess I forgot yeah, you weren't here. I was like that happened a while ago. But uh, the contract is obviously to me the interesting part because it doesn't violate anything in the current CBA, and I kind of feel like it might in the next one because yeah. The Dodgers have a little bit of a massive advantage now that they got the most, the highest paid player in baseball to agree to play for $2 million a year. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's a very interesting gimmick that they've got going on. It's also very interesting to me that like he and Mookie Betts both make a shit ton of money in like 2043 or something for the Dodgers. So oh, I didn't realize that Mookie was deferred to. Yeah, he's got, he the, the two of them make like a staggering amount of money somewhere in like the 2040s. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know Otani from 2030, I think like 34 to 43 is making 68 million a year. Yeah. He's making 2 million a year from now until then. Yeah. It's, it's, I like obviously kudos to the Dodgers and Otani for, I guess, Otani, if you want to say it like that. I mean, he loses money in this gig. Oh, he loses money. That that hasn't been talked about. He loses money in this gig in that, like, it's not 700 million. Yeah. It's like 500. It might have just been, or he could have had a $500 million contract with a different team. So, right. That's probably all relatively equal. But kudos to the Dodgers for like getting this done if they wanted to do it that way. But apparently, it doesn't doesn't really fit the spirit of the game. Yeah. Apparently, it was Otani's idea. Really? Um, Yeah. I bet. He probably doesn't want, like like I've seen for everything over the past couple of days, well, he doesn't want to pay those California taxes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the money part hasn't the actual, like how much he's getting paid. I don't think it's been talked about enough. People keep treating it now. Like, Oh my, like, wow. He deferred his $700 million. So like, he's still getting paid $700 million just, you know, down the road. And it's like, well, technically yes, but it's going to be worth a lot less. So this contract isn't actually worth $700 million. No, he he takes this deferment takes out a giant chunk of change of like the realistic value of the contract, but yeah, I think uh, the estimate I saw was like 496 or something. I was going to say 500, so we're in the same yeah. ballpark. But yeah, uh, they got to plug that hole. It's There's got to be at least some sort of proportions to the amount of money that you take over the active part of the contract into the deferrals. It's just, I don't care that they did it. Like, by all means, somebody needs to be like, everybody should get to do that once, you know, and right. then you plug the hole afterwards. Right, because the obvious problem now is like, you can just do this 12 times and have the best team ever yeah gonna be really interesting when the dodgers get sold although i saw uh he can opt out of the contract if the um who's the like president of baseball operations or whatever whoever like the top two head guys are in charge are for the dodgers he could opt out if the if those guys get booted or leave so that's interesting how the (laughs) 
does he get to keep the if he opts out in like four years does he get to keep the 68 million a year that's coming to him in a decade i'm guessing there's some sort of terminology for what has to be advanced to him if he does that but i do know he also has a suite at all regular season and postseason games which not that's sweet yeah There there was something else that was kind of interesting but i forget what it was well This slate is less interesting. Cleveland Cavaliers, eight and a half point dogs in Boston. We just saw this one two days ago. 14% ownership coming into your boy, Jared Allen, is the high mark on the Cleveland side. Uh, A terrible matchup. Obviously, Boston number two in defense, 23rd in pace. No Evan Mobley once again for this one. I have very scattered amounts of Cleveland, but I do agree that Jared Allen is probably the best thing here. Yeah, always happy to get to Allen when I can, but overall pretty unappealing matchup with Boston. Uh, two solid enough defensive teams. Boston, obviously one of the best teams in the league. Road underdogs. Um, yeah, always happy to get to Allen where you can. Uh, he's sitting at 6,600, which is a good price tag. 14% owned, 13% chance of being optimal. So uh, yeah, he looks like the piece I would get to first here. Mitchell, whenever you get there at 9,100, looks okay. But Allen's the only one that looks like a really favorable price tag. Any interest in Karis LeVert? He's 5,300, shooting guard, small forward, had been out for a bit. What if Karis LeVert just goes back to the amount of minutes that he was playing normally? Yeah, I mean, we got 23 in that last game. Uh, Most of it came in the second half. He played less in the first half. But yeah, I mean, if you were to get 26, 27 minutes from LeVert at 5,300, shooting guard, small forward, it's decent yeah like he's not gonna pull any ownership and i like unless the prop market starts really juicing him up like i don't think that his projections are really going to change around the industry but they're based on where they're at right now there is absolutely nothing that could stop them from just getting back to around like 28 to 30 minutes like he was before we have no idea if that could happen and then he's right. like pretty reasonably priced for that yeah i would say that i think the one big difference between now in general now and before is that a coro is back but for as long as evan mobley is out right you're still missing that body yeah i think they'd rather have levert than like have to play dean wade 30 minutes i mean he the rotations in that last game were also very interesting yeah 20 minutes for wade in the start yeah they closed the first half with niang they closed the second half with levert like just Weird stuff. Wouldn't surprise me at all. We have him projected for 25 minutes, which I think is a very fair projection. Wouldn't surprise Same. me at all if that ended up 26, 27. No, not at all. They certainly well, have the it to go around. Time, not the projection. Right. But yeah, for Cleveland, look, it's hard for anybody to just jump off the page, but we're going to say that for quite a bit of these teams today. It's that kind of day. And look, this is the number three defense versus the number two defense. Is Cleveland really the number three defense with Mobley out? No, but they're still good right then you get to the boston side which is you know equally as difficult to talk about jalen brown's questionable i would love it if they just ruled him out and made boston look slightly better across the board here are the ownership numbers for the five main boston players white brown tatum holiday porzingis five five six seven four sam hauser also getting five percent I actually have 11% of Porzingis, 11 of Holiday, 10 of Tatum, 6 of Brown, 3 of White. You play those guys, but I think you just pick whichever one you want and whichever one works. I, I do like the Tatum $9,700 price tag, though, if Brown happens to be out. Yeah, if Brown sits, it makes everybody look better. Certainly Tatum. Uh, overall this year, 1.3 DraftKings points per minute for Tatum. You would expect that to go up if Brown is out. Small forward, power forward, sub 10K. He'd look pretty good. Uh, but as is right now with Brown projected in, you're kind of just getting 5% give or take ownership to all five of the starters. And that seems completely reasonable. They're not super expensive. Um, sub, you know, 7,900 for Jalen, uh, 7,600 for Porzingis, 67 and 6,800 respectively for Drew and White. They're just priced where they should be in a tough matchup. Yeah. And they're just like a really difficult team to talk about. 30, they don't... Sorry. 32 no, minutes last game for Porzingis is nice to see, but it doesn't make him look underpriced. It's just nice to see him, you know, low, knowing you can get low to mid thirties. That's a weird game. Like on a seven game slate, you kind of have to pay attention to everything. But like the next game we're going to talk about is bulls heat two seventeen total. We've got a lot of these like high two twenties type games. You get OKC Sacramento in the two forties. 
it's a really blurry slate yeah. the way that it's constituted now. Yeah, and for what it's worth, like I'm not getting any surprises from this game either. Uh, Jared Allen, 14%, was my highest owned guy from Cleveland. 10% Struis, 8% Mitchell, 2% Levert. On the Boston yeah. side, my highest owned guy is Porzingis at 7%. 6% Tatum, 4% Drew, one apiece on Jalen and White. So not even a game where, you know, th- there was a chance just because there are talented players in this game where it was going to be, okay, well, this slate's really ugly. They're 5% owned. I'm playing 30%. Yeah, not showing up like that. No, not at all. All right, guys, schedule for the rest of the day. Massive. So much going on for today. NFL Strategy Show coming up next at 11 a.m. We get the DraftKings Rainmaker Show at 1.30. You get the Owner's Box Live Show at 4.30. Adam and I come back at 5.30 for the Deeper Dive. You get NBA Live Before Lock at 6.30. And then NFL Showdown Live Before Lock at 7.30. Lots going on. If you are looking for live DFS content today, boy, are you in luck on the Stochastic YouTube channel. Also, I've been telling you guys this every single day. Today is no different. Stochastic.com slash avatar. Grab our logo. Load it up on DraftKings, FanDuel, Owner's Box, Yahoo, wherever you're playing. Because if you finish in the top three of a contest with 5,000 or more entries, you will receive one month of whichever stochastic package you're looking for. If you're watching this show, I assume you're going to want the NBA Sims package, $200 value. You're getting projections and ownership boom bust along with the Sims tool. I know you guys are going to like that one. And this costs you nothing. All you have to do is tweet that win at stochastic HOF. That's all we want to do. We want to promote you. We want you to help promote us. It all comes out in the wash for us. So Come uh, come to stochastic.com slash avatar, sign up, grab that logo, and uh, profit, thrive, whatever you want to say here. Oh, Chicago Bulls, six-point dogs in Miami, 217 total. Uh, the Bulls have a Q tag on Caruso, still no Zach Levine. No real ownership coming into these guys, 13% to DeMar DeRozan, single digits across the board for the rest of these Bulls guys. 8,200 for DeRozan on FanDuel, small forward only, has him at 23% ownership, but these guys are all sort of priced where they should be. If you get Caruso out again, you probably just give a bunch of minutes to Io Desunmu, and he still doesn't look all that interesting. It's just another relatively blah team. Yeah, it's another one that I'm just not getting to. 106 implied total rounding for Chicago. Um, four, or sorry, 5% Vooch is my highest owned guy here. That's where the field's at. Uh, the field is getting to DeRozan a bit, 13% of him at 8,200, small forward, power forward. I'm getting to 2%. Probably or not really surprising to me. I just don't get a lot of DeRozan for whatever reason on most slates, and yeah. it's not happening here either. He looks fine if you get there. It's definitely not somebody that I'm looking at it saying like, oh, I have this great reason why I think the field's wrong and he's a bad play. I'm just not getting there, and I usually don't for one reason or another. But uh, yeah, another team that I'm having difficulty getting to. And like you said, if Caruso's out, that probably becomes $4,900 to Sunmu, which generally the way I view that is whatever amount of Alex Caruso I have is probably the same amount of Io to Sunmu that I would have. Uh, right now, I don't have Caruso. I don't think I would be getting a ton of the Sunmu either. Same. I have 5% Kobe White. I only have six of DeRozan, so uh, similar to you there. But I did double up Vooch. I have 10, and he's got five. He's projected for five, but... It's just another spot, 217 total. It's the lowest total on the day. Chicago has the lowest implied total on the slate. Like, you're just not, that's, you're not going to look like a great team unless you have wild pricing inefficiencies. And that is just not at all what's happening. That's another uh, testament to with DraftKings being so like pretty sharp on their pricing this season. The teams that are the low projected total teams have such a hard time climbing back to where they need to be because there's just no mistakes. If there's no mistakes, these guys are just going to be horribly projected relative to their salary. Yeah, exactly. So that's where we stand right now for the Chicago Chicago Bulls. So we go to the Miami Heat. Can't really talk about them right now. They are on a back-to-back. My expectation is that it's going to look a lot like it did yesterday. No Bam, no Hero, no Haywood Highsmith. I assume we get Josh Richardson back. You know, he was only out with a headache. I don't want to un- like you know talk shit about a headache, but like yeah. I'm going to assume it went away for today. It's not just permanent. Um, yeah, like they didn't they didn't announce that he was concussed or anything, right? So single digit ownership across the board on DraftKings, 23 percent to Caleb Martin on FanDuel. 
The thing we need to talk about is the center rotation from yesterday. They played all three dudes and they all played the full 48 minutes at center in very interesting rotations. Yeah, second game in a row that all three of them have played, but very different than two games ago where Thomas Bryant played like four minutes. So it it is concerning if you're looking to play any of these guys that it is two games in a row where Thomas Bryant has stepped on the floor. And it's even more concerning that he managed to play 16 minutes. Orlando Robinson played 12. Kevin Love still got his 20, but that's that doesn't even seem safe anymore. There's nothing preventing this from just being like 16, 16, 16, and everything looking terrible. So pretty yeah. tough spot to, to get a read on. Thomas Bryant himself is 4K. Probably not going to go that route and you know hope that he just smashes in 14 to 16 minutes when he might not even step on the floor, but... It yeah. becomes really, really difficult. Um, the other thing that kind of concerns me is, or just makes me kind of buy in a little bit more to what we saw yesterday. So Orlando Robinson like did not record anything really in his first stint. Uh, he had no points. He had a rebound. He had an assist. If you do something like that in your first six minutes, I can see where it's just like, okay, well, we're going to just turn this into a three-man rotation where, where Thomas Bryant plays as well. In his six minutes to start the second half, he did score six points and grabbed three rebounds, and then still just never came back. So it wasn't even like a, oh, well, he can kind of just, if he plays, if he does things, we'll give him more minutes. If he doesn't, we won't. It was just like, yeah, you're going to play six, and then we're going to go to the other guys. So it makes it really tough to want to get anything from that center rotation. Right now, we have Richardson projected in. We have the guys that you were expecting not to play projected out. The only guy I'm getting to at all from this team right now is 5% Caleb Martin. He is up to $6,900 on DraftKings, which is absurd. Um He's playing a lot of minutes, and he's not a bad point-per-minute guy. Like, he's around 0.9 DraftKings points per minute. He played 36 minutes yesterday. It's just another example of – I under, the price tag is correct if you yeah. want to make your pricing be that nobody looks like a good play. Um, yeah. Like, he's not he's not drastically overpriced. It's not you can't play Caleb Martin. It's just like, yeah, this is the correct price tag if you want no meat on the bone, and this is exactly where it should be, which I personally don't have a problem with that type of pricing, but and no. it's what we've seen DraftKings do for a lot of the year. But that's what it that that's what it is. The thing you have to keep in mind, though, is it is all uh, relative, too. So my first thought every time I look at Caleb Martin's salary, whether it was 5,900 or then 6,400 or now 6,900, was I don't want to pay this for Caleb Martin. But then I start looking at every other player and I'm like, yeah, I don't want to play. I don't want to pay that for them either. So now we're just back to, I guess I'll get a little bit of Caleb Martin. We ended up getting massive minutes out of Jamal Kane yesterday. So if we don't get Josh Richardson, can we think about $3,400 Jamal Kane? My concern is that Kyle Lowry only played 24 and Jimmy Butler only played 29. Yeah. Now there is, I think, well, what what I think you just need to do there is basically like add eight to both of those guys because they just didn't play that fourth. They were beating, you know, they were pretty handily handling, handily handling the Hornets in the end. So like, right. I think they probably just weren't putting those guys out there unless they had to. So like, cut those eight from Kane. Can you get it's, it's twenty minutes of Jamal Kane shooting guard small forward thirty four hundred anything? Right, and also Duncan Robinson played forty, which you're not projecting that again. So some of that no. can become Jimmy Butler also. Um, yeah. But yeah, like I think, so I don't, oh yeah, no, here it is. He's 3,400. If Richardson's out and we just don't have any other value, sure, you can try. But okay. I just don't have, I still wouldn't have any confidence because one, he just could play a lot less. Two, it's not like he's a good point per minute guy. And it's not like they're missing a lot of guys that are going to force him to try and be a good point per minute guy. He's 0.62 DraftKings points for the season. You still have Butler. You have the wings. You know, you have Kyle Lowry with the ball in his hands. This isn't, you know, a, an April game where it's just like, you know, yeah, Jamal Cain hasn't done anything all year, but now he's playing on the G league heat and it's his team, you know? So it's, you're still drawing pretty thin. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. All right. Anything else for Miami? No. His first two games are like real difficult to talk about from a DFS perspective. And this one doesn't get much better. Although maybe it does. I don't know. Minnesota Timberwolves, one point dogs in Dallas, 229 total. Anthony Edwards, questionable. Jaden McDaniels, questionable. Jordan McLaughlin, questionable. I don't know if that one matters as much. 10% ownership to a $7,500 Rudy Gobert. It's the only guy in double digits on DraftKings. It's 2 or 3% for literally everybody else for Minnesota. I did get to 7% McDaniels, but I don't really have the Wolves in this one. Um 
I thought that I might just given Dallas's defense isn't all that great, but these dudes are just all priced where they should be. Yeah, exactly. I'm not getting much either. And this is with Edwards projected in. If he's out, yeah. you know, of course, some stuff opens up. Towns certainly looks better on a point per minute basis. It'll open yeah. up more playing time for a combination of Anderson, Alexander Walker, McDaniels, if he's in, Troy Brown, potentially. But assuming Edwards is in for now, 4% Cat is my highest owned guy here. I have 3% Edwards, 1% Gobert. All three of those guys are clearly players that you're happy to get to if you can. It's just, you know, explain to me how a $9,000 Cat is a true priority if Edwards is in. Explain how a shooting guard only Edwards at 8,900 looks drastically better than any than other stuff you can get to on this slate so it just turns into you know once again just mixing in good players where, where you can get them um gobert getting 10 percent ownership nine percent chance of being optimal i only have one percent i think it's probably a case of he's getting ownership because he is slightly underpriced compared to some other centers maybe yeah and that on this slate right now is enough to get him ownership but it's not enough for me to i guess want to get to him at that ownership yeah, like I got 10% of Vooch at 7,900 and didn't get the Gobert piece. I, I see those guys as like pretty interchangeable right. in a, in that spot. And like yeah, and either one of them really getting well. ownership anyway. It's 5 and 10%. <laughs> right. Um, and yeah, I mean, just kind of looking at my overall center exposures, um, I have a lot of Olenek. Yeah. Chet Holmgren is the guy in this price range I'm getting to. Okay. At 7,400. We'll get there. But yeah, like it's there's not a lot to talk about here on the Minnesota side either. That's five straight teams of eh, not good. We get to Dallas. This one's a little bit different. Seth Curry questionable. Derek Jones Jr. questionable. No Josh Green, no Kyrie Irving, no Maxi Kleba. Tim Hardaway is probable. So something's going on for Dallas. And there could be more somethings as we get a little bit closer to lock. 6% ownership to Dante Exum, 14 to Grant Williams, 18 to Luca, 14 to Tim Hardaway. I love Exum if he's 6% owned after all, over all of these dudes. Point guard, small forward, 6,600, playing the minutes, fantasy point per minute guy. He's the guy I have the most of now, but I do have 18% of Luca, who looks as good as you could look at 11-9 point guard with nobody else of any talent on the team. Yeah, uh, I'm not getting much Exum here. I wouldn't mind it if I did at that ownership yeah. because the minutes are there, like you said. Uh, but that price tag did jump considerably. He's up to 6,600. Still, though, five games where Luca's been in and Kyrie's been out. 1.06 DraftKings points per minute uh, for Exum. Now, that is skewed a little bit because he has shot 57% from three in those games. He is a 30 or so percent three-point shooter. I'm going um, to pause you on that one. Uh, over the past two years in, in Europe, he's been shooting 40% from three. So okay. there, may be, so far, I think. there may be something to an improved shot for him. Um, wasn't notoriously a fantastic shooter prior to that, but something did change for him in Europe. Okay, yeah. And this year now he is at 40%, but I think he made like 5 of 5 last game to pull it up. Yeah, he did. Yeah, I think going into that game, he was at like 30-ish. Um, yeah. So yeah, but the, the point, and I agree completely, he's a better fantasy player, better player period now than he was when he was, you know, last guy off the bench in the NBA for a few years. So yeah. I do think that there is for me and probably most people, some negative connotation when you think about, you know, just going to Dante Exum at 6,600. He is a much better player now. Um, I'm still not really getting too much of him. I am getting a ton of Hardaway at 6K, shooting guard, small forward. Played 37 minutes last game. Played really, really well, which doesn't matter for today. But we have him with a 21% chance of being optimal at only 14% owned. So I have 63% of him right now. That is a spot where I think I'm going to get to Hardaway one way or another. But the actual amount that I have probably changes as we get closer to lock because I don't anticipate he will only be 13% owned if we continue to project him with a 21% chance of being optimal. Um, so that's probably skewing it a little bit. But I'm getting the 26% Luca, which I am more than happy with at 11.9. I'm getting the 25% Grant Williams, which is never a really fun time, but he did play 40 minutes last game. They are still shorthanded. It's just a matter of exactly how shorthanded. Uh, so Hardaway, Luca, Grant Williams are the ones I'm getting a lot of right now, particularly Hardaway. Uh, and then I'm getting small amounts of Derek Jones Jr., who's questionable, and Dante Axel. I'm almost to an answer that we would both want. So give me one second. So since the beginning of the two, 2021 season, he played for Barcelona and Euro League and some other team and Australia for FIBA. 
uh, 45.5% from three over the course of those two years. So he's not taking a ton of them, just a couple a game, but since 2021, since he got over to Europe, he is shooting 45% from three, even if you want to knock that back pretty aggressively to come back to the NBA. Yeah. Seems to be a little bit of a different dude from a shooting perspective. Yeah. So we have shout out Dante that. Exum. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I agree. If you get there, I think it looks good. I'm I'm not getting there right now. Yeah. Um, but like to, to that point also, you know, I'm not getting there right now. We haven't projected 28 and a half DraftKings points. Yeah, yeah. see, I'm at 33 in right. 33 minutes. Right. So we have 33 minutes, 28 and a half DraftKings points. That is and it's obviously it's a huge question because what is he in the NBA? But you know, that's 0.86 DraftKings points per minute. He's been over a fantasy point per minute this year. There yeah. is certainly a case to be made that that projection should just be several points higher. Yeah. I'd like to see him succeed. Like, uh, I liked him when he was coming in. I, I, you know, that sort of profile was interesting. Defensively, he's really solid. So excited to see him back. But yeah, 18% Luca. I'll take anything that I can get, but we are not exactly drowning in value. Yeah, I was surprised to see I was getting that much of him, but... One, I know I am getting a lot of some later games that are a little bit cheaper. Um, it does kind of go back, it, it can at least potentially go back to from a roster construction standpoint to if everybody's priced correctly, I think you start getting back to stars and scrubs a little bit. Just like, yeah. okay, well, if the mid-range guys are all no value there, there's no value on the bottom end. At least I'm going to take the guy that projects for 60 whatever points and start getting Luca. It, it's when you get, it, it becomes most difficult to get to the top end guys when the mid range is underpriced. Yeah. What do we do here? If like we do lose Derek Jones, Jr. And Seth Curry for this one. Yeah. So Jaden Hardy started the second half last game. I, if Curry's out, I assume if Curry and Jones are out, I assume he's getting the start again. And no. that 4,700 would look fine. Um, Do you think we get 40 minutes out of Grant Williams again? If I'm playing 25%, I hope so. But um, I, I don't know, like, I don't know about the number 40, but I think we get a lot. Yeah. I think you just have to. Yeah. There's out of bodies. Yeah. There wasn't, there weren't really any other huge takeaways from that second half rotation though. Like we didn't get yeah. a lot of Markeith Morris. Prosper didn't even play in the second yeah, half. I don't want to talk about that. I had a bunch yeah, of second, Prosper. <laughs> I know you had them. Um, so it wasn't, you know, with, with no Jones and then no Curry, we didn't see the bigs pick up anything. We saw Jaden Hardy get, a bump, and then we saw Hardaway play the final 21 minutes of the game off the bench. We saw Exum play, start the half, go to the bench quickly, come back and play the final 20 minutes of the game, or yeah, yeah 18, 18 plus minutes of the game. Um, yeah, and, and Grant Williams obviously played a ton. So we saw the minutes really be pushed to the actual rotation players. I think that makes, and if we lose those two guys, you know, 6K shooting guard, small forward, Tim Hardaway starts to look way different if you start to give him a real starters type run, like, yeah, you know, 33, I mean, I'm 34. In, in 33, in basically 34 minutes, I'm already getting 60 plus percent Hardaway. We have 34 minutes? 33.7, yeah. I have 30. So probably why I'm not, I only have 7% of him. But again, that's with, you know, Q tags in so yeah but, I mean, but again like it's not like Dallas looks awesome this like they, they just happen to be the best thing we've looked at so far but it's yeah. not great I'm kind of surprised I'm not getting any lively at no ownership I I don't have them either yeah anyway now is the time we talk about underdog sponsor of this show $100 first match deposit bonus. Put in up to 100 bucks, get a match of whatever you put in. It's that easy. Link in the description or in chat right now. One-stop shop for everything you want on the sports side, whether that's going to be pick'em contests. If you're in a non-legal betting state, pick'em contests are what you're looking for. You 20X your money. They've got large field GPPs on the daily fantasy side. Best ball gets talked about for underdog constantly, at least if you're on my Twitter feed. And playoff drafts. For NBA, NHL, for golf majors. If you're looking to do anything in this space, whatever sort of contest or uh, gambling you're liking to do, Underdog is the site to do it because they have infinite options for you. So sign up using the link either in the description or in chat. Got to be 18 or over. 
couple other states are a little bit older than that. And if you are concerned with your play, please call or text 1-800-GAMBLER. And there's a free square tonight. Hey, I which is it had to happen eventually. <laughs> Austin Eckler, half a yard. Take the more, take the over on that one. Should be able to get a yard at Eckler. Take advantage of every sweet free square you can get on every site that you play on, also. Oh boy, here we go. Brooklyn Nets, 10 point dogs in Denver, 228 total. Uh Brooklyn on the back to back. Best I could tell, they're not going to be making any real changes for their rotation. Uh, Single-digit ownership across the board on DraftKings for the Brooklyn Nets, which means I don't really have any of these guys. Not a very good spot. I have 2% Cam Johnson and nobody else right now. Uh, It's just the same situation we've seen from Brooklyn for a while now where any of the starters, if they just happen to be the guy that's landing in your lineup so that you have a pretty good player at 2% owned, then great. It's not like you should be rearranging your lineup to not have Mikkel Bridges or Claxton or Dinwiddie or whoever, but... None of them look like priorities. All the salaries look correct. Like I said, the only guy I'm getting right now is Cam Johnson. I think if I were to think about who I actually like would want to get, it would probably be like, I guess, Claxton at 6,700. But it's not if, the highest owned guy on the Brooklyn uh, Nets, 7% owned Trendon Watford. It is not. <laughs> yeah, I don't have him. No, neither do I. Neither do I. I just like it's another place that's really bleak. Yeah, I'm actually surprised I don't. We, so we have him 13% to be optimal at 7% owned. Usually that's the guy that I'd be looking at this going, oh, well, the reason I have all the Luka is because I have 100% trend in Watford. Travis wants to know who we're even playing. Haven't liked anybody in four games. Don't worry, we'll get to the Jazz. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got one share of Cam Johnson, one of Nick Claxton. It's kind of ugly. It's not too much better on Denver, but I do have two of these guys. Unfortunately, though, it's not Nikola Jokic, who I think is going to be pretty tough to get to at 12K. 11% ownership coming into Christian Brown. Another 11 to Jamal Murray. KCP out for this one. My guess is they go to Brown, but they could go to Julian Strother. Uh, uh, It's going to be one of those two guys. Either way, I think both of them are getting a pretty sizable minutes bump. They just kind of slot into that KCP spot either way. But I got 20% going to Murray, and I've got 13 of Brown I have a very hard time getting to anything else here for Denver. If you can get Jokic, by all means, do it. But I don't think that he's going to look as easy to get to as Luka does today. Yeah, I'm getting 13% Murray uh, and 9% Jokic right now, which okay. it's cool. I'm slightly over the field on both. I'm not getting anything else here, which is kind of interesting. Uh, but I think a lot of that's going to depend on exactly like what the starting lineup looks like, how things end up being projected. Right now, we have 25 minutes coming into Strouder, who's up to 4,600. We have 22 and a half coming into Christian Brown. If that were if Brown were to get the start, so I think we are essentially assuming Strouder starts based on that. And yeah. because Strouder is more expensive than Brown, I'm just not really getting either one based on that assumption. If we were to get the Christian Brown start at 4,200, that would look good. Um, if he's coming off the bench, that's not to say you can't play him. He's certainly, you expect him to get you know, low to mid twenties in minutes, even if he's coming off the bench, but yeah. at that ownership, it's just not really showing up for me the way he's currently projected. Whereas if he starts, it'll actually look pretty good, especially with shooting guard, small forward eligibility. I went 24, 24 for right now, just because I didn't, I don't have a damn clue how else to project these dudes at 10 o'clock in the morning. So it doesn't get me to any Strother and it does get me to a, a small amount of Christian Brown, but I don't get anything else here. And I know I don't have Nikola Jokic projected as well as the prop market does today, but I think I'm more right than that for right now. And I'm anxious to see what it looks like. Yeah. Right now, as far as our Denver bench projections, we have 24 minutes going to Reggie Jackson, 23 going to Brown, 25 coming to Stroud, or 18 going to Watson. Based on the pricing, that's kind of like the most useless way you can project their rotation, which I'm not saying like it's wrong. I'm not saying I disagree with any of it, but like, that that basically is with the assumption Strouder is starting. And that makes that's the most difficult combination of ways to get to any of these guys. Like yeah. I think Brown still looks the best, but I just probably wouldn't get much of any. If Brown starts, that's where you get, I think, the most useful, like, oh, we can go ahead and play this guy. Yeah, then you could probably project him for like 26 minutes and he has right. the $4,200 price tag. Slightly better per minute, dude. Or it's maybe more confident in that per minute rate. Like, it's hard to be really confident in what Julian Strother is yet. The the sample of him is low. Yeah. And especially like not only is the sample low in general, in terms of just minutes played, but a high percentage of the minutes played are not with Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic. Yes. Yeah. Just another spot. That's just really, really difficult. 
really difficult. Anything else? We, we have something to talk about now. We just get the hell out of this one. Yeah, uh, we can actually get to a team that I'm getting. Travis, you wanted to know who we're playing? Well, we found it. Utah Jazz, three and a half point dogs in Portland, 228 total. We don't know who's playing for the Jazz today, but we can read into a couple different things. One, Keontae George, not going to be playing today. He got hurt yesterday. Uh, Laurie Markinen has already come out and said that he does not expect to play today. I'm going to assume John Collins comes back in. Here are the ownership numbers as of right now. <laughs> I'll go from low to high. Akbaji is projected for 15. Fontecchio is projected for 20. Chris Dunn is projected for 25. Oh, God, this shit gets even more ridiculous. Uh, Taylor Horton Tucker is projected for 40. Kelly Olenek is projected for 58. And Colin Sexton is projected for 84. I have most of these guys in abundance. Uh, I don't really have Chris Dunn, but I do have 60% Akbaji so, and 60% of Fontecchio. I hate every bit of this. Okay, so... Colin Sexton's at 70, not 84. Oh, I have 84. Sorry. <laughs> I, was like, I mean, 70, 70, 70 is the same thing as 84. Yeah, I just knew I hadn't seen the number 84 this morning. <laughs> no, um, yeah. Okay, so Sexton is at 70. I just happen to have 84. Yeah, I have 30. But uh, yeah, I mean, this is this team I'm getting a ton of. Olenek, right? If the slate started right now, I have 98% Olenek, <laughs> projected for 58% ownership, 53% chance of being optimal. 5,300 center only uh, started yesterday. Yurtsevin was barely in the rotation, played five minutes. Kessler played 23 off the bench. Olenek played 29 and a half. He does not need to play 29 to 30 minutes to be a good play at 5,300, especially on this slate where everybody's price is right. Uh, and especially in, you know, a decent enough matchup here as well. So getting to a ton of him, I don't have any issue with that. Obviously I wish he had power forward eligibility, but he doesn't. Oh, well um, I'm getting to, 42% Horton Tucker, so that's pretty much in line with the field, which is at 39%. He played 24 minutes off the bench yesterday, predominantly played in the second half after, well, Keontae George got hurt pretty much immediately, and Horton Tucker subbed yeah. in. Um, he came off the bench in the second half, played the final 16 minutes of the game. He is still risky just because the Jazz have, they don't really have a shortage of not very good wings that they can sub in and out if Taylor Horton Tucker pisses off Will, Har Will Hardy, which happens frequently. So I think he is risky, but... As a point-per-minute guy at 5K, shooting guard, small forward, with the opportunity to at least take the minute. He, he should get first crack or one of the first cracks at getting his minutes. He might yeah. give them up, but yeah. uh, at that price, it's hard to you know just get away from that. So I'm getting right around the field on him. I'm getting to 31% on Chris Dunn, who is projected for 26% ownership at 4,300. Point guard, shooting guard. He only played 18 minutes yesterday. But we don't have a lot of value on this slate. And assuming Markkinen is out, there are even more minutes available, although Collins, again, we're assuming is back. Um, don't really mind getting him at that price tag. Not ultra confident in it. But, you know, again, there just haven't been a lot of plays that we like. I'm getting a 31% Sexton. He uh, came out, or sorry, he started the game, played 30 minutes. Good enough point per minute guy. Can take on a bigger scoring role without Markkinen. 70% um, ownership's aggressive, but... I also get it. He's clearly a good value. Uh, we have him with a 38% chance of being optimal. So again, I'm closer to the optimal percentage in terms of what I'm getting to, but good play. Um, Fontecchio pulling 19%. I'm getting to 17%. And then Agbaji, I have 5%. The field is at 14. So uh, I'm yeah. getting a lot of this team other than John Collins, basically. Well, I would much rather have your Agbaji and Fontecchio exposures because 60 and 60 doesn't feel great. <laughs> That's not great. No, it's not. I, I understand why it's happening. I mean, like the matchup against Portland doesn't get much better other than they're not a fast team. But this is the best team on the slate. It's not even close. It's And it could get even better. Like if John Collins doesn't play, this gets even better. Collins yeah, is 7,200. Like, like we're probably not playing a single share of John Collins. I, I don't have him. Um, I actually, like I did a double take. Like, did we not project him in? But we did. It's just he's 7,200. The answer to your Lucas Simonich question, I think, is you need John Collins to be out. Yeah, maybe. For him to maybe play. Yeah. Yeah, it's... Yeah, like I gave the 19 problem minutes was... to Taylor Hendricks and got 10%. Right. Um, when Simonich was getting those minutes a couple weeks ago, Chris Dunn was out, is the thing. In addition to other people being out. And one day it was Mark and in Collins and Kessler. Right. But yeah, it's just... It's gross. 
It's really gross. I don't have a great feel for any bit of it. I just know that I'm going to have a lot of Utah. That's really all that matters. Yeah, and also, like, just thinking about who, you know, we're guessing. But if Collins is in, you know, yeah, Markman's out, but you're essentially replacing him with Collins from yesterday. Their front yeah. court, they have the bodies. You're going to have, yep. you, in this situation, we're assuming, have Collins. You have Olenek. You have Kessler. You have Yurtsevin. There's no real need for a Lucas Amanich to be out there doing anything. Nope. On the opposite side for Portland, we have a Q tag on DeAndre Ayton, a Q tag on Malcolm Brogdon, uh, basically around 10% ownership to Simons, Ayton, Thibel, and Scoot today. I did get to 19% DeAndre Ayton at 6,900, assuming he is in, but I don't know. Pick and choose who you want here from the, the guys that play minutes. It's not a great, like, it doesn't look good on paper. Yeah, so here's my one that's messing everything up. I have 71% Scoot. Okay, that's that's aggressive. It is. Uh, so I'd rather have, have that right now... than some of the other idiots I just read off for the Jazz, though. So. Yeah, I mean, this is just it, – it's another situation where it's not it's not going to look like this later. Um, we haven't projected for 12% ownership with a 27% chance of being optimal. If that optimal percentage holds, he's going to be 25% owned, not 11 Uh So he's showing up as a good play for me right now. I just – the actual number I'm getting to is – not going to hold at 71%. Um, but at 5,300, you know, I don't mind it, especially, you know, depending on what other value opens up today. Uh, but I do expect that 71% number to change just because the ownership is probably going to change or his relative value to the field is going to change. Uh, other than that, in 9%, Aiton, 4% Simons, small amounts of Sharp and Bible. Uh, nothing showing up a ton for me, though, outside of, at the moment, Scoot Henderson. But again, I think that, Changes at least a bit. I will say that he's apparently being used as a Colin Sexton pivot for me. So that's where, okay. um, th- that's, I think, the most direct spot where, like, me getting 71% scoot right now also explains why I'm half the field on Colin Sexton. Um, and if, if it were projected like this at lock, where scoot's getting almost, or like, one third the ownership he should get and Sexton's 2X as popular as he should be, then obviously I would want to just be playing Scoot the way that Sexton is being played and vice versa. Um, But I don't think it's going to actually look like that. One thing I do want to point out that we're probably just going to sleep on because there's nothing we can do with it right now. If DeAndre Ayton is out, uh, Reith is 4,500. If you're projecting him for 24 minutes, like we don't have a ton of good value on today's slate. He starts to look like a pretty solid point-per-dollar play for, you know a shitty Portland team. Yeah. The only problem is that center is the one position where we actually do have a value play that we're happy with. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, referring to a Linux at 5,300 is value, but right. you know, Reef, it's, it's not like Reef is three K or anything. I don't think I'd be turning that much of Linux into Reef. Maybe I'm going to play yeah. some more Linux plus plus Reef, but you yeah. know, then I'm, I'm losing Jokic. I'm losing Chet. I'm losing Sabonis. I don't really know that I go that route. Well, let's get to Oklahoma City then. One and a half point dogs in Sacramento, 243 total. This is the biggest total on the slate by a mile. And we got a bunch of ownership coming into the OKC side. 20 to Chet, 15 to Giddy, which is exactly the amount he wants. Uh, Right around there for Shea as well. And then 46% ownership coming into a $4,300 Lou Dort. I have 40 of him right now. Just one of the better per dollar plays at a premium position to fill no problems with it there, but I'm a little bit under on all the other guys getting ownership. Yeah, I'm getting to 43% Dort, so right around you for the same reasons. 46% projected ownership, 29% chance of being optimal. He's just cheap. 4,300 small forward. There's nothing exciting about it. It's just a matter of we have not had many guys on this slate that you can say like, oh, they're sub 5K and they don't look absolutely awful. Uh, so yeah. getting to him and just sort of hoping for the best. I'm getting to 26% Chet. He's 20% owned or 20% chance of being optimal. Uh, $7,400. Perfectly happy with that. Love slates when I can get to him. There haven't been a lot this year, but this is looking like one of them. Uh, other than that, I'm not getting much. I have 7% uh, Gilgis Alexander, 6% Giddy. So I'm basically half the field on those two guys. Maybe in part because of Scoot, given that he is a point guard and I am jamming him in at the moment. So when I start losing him, I do expect to be getting more Sexton, but you know maybe it'll just change my roster construction a bit too, and I get a little bit more SGA or a little bit more Giddy. But um, I was also over the field on Jokic. I do know I'm getting a good amount of Sabonis coming up. I was over the field on Luka. So if I'm getting to those guys over the field, it does make sense for me to have a little bit of trouble getting to SGA. 
On the Sacramento side of this one, not too much to worry about here. And for OKC, they went to like an 11-man rotation their last time out. Everybody else that is on the back end is just useless. Trey Lyles is questionable. There is probably a little bit of a trickle-down effect to that. 6% ownership to Fox, 13 to Sabonis, 30 to Keegan Murray, 10 to Monk, and 17 to Lyles. I'm getting to basically everything I just said right around there, but I am 2Xing Sabonis at 9,300, and I don't have a problem with that at all. I'm also 2Xing Fox. Yeah, I'm getting to this team aggressively, and I don't love it right now, but um, I'm I'm once again having a Malik Monk problem where I'm getting 58% Malik Monk, uh, 6,200 okay. point, guard, point guard small forward, or uh, shooting guard rather. Um, we have him projected for 11% ownership, 19% chance of being optimal. So again, a pretty big gap there. That's the kind of thing where I assume I'm going to get a good amount of Malik Monk today, but probably yeah. not this much because those numbers are going to close off a bit. We have him projected for 29 minutes, 32.1 DraftKings points. Not a crazy projection or anything, but again, if that's sort of like industry consensus, then that ownership's coming up. So I think I'll get to him just probably not as aggressively as I am right now. I'm also getting the 56% Keegan Murray at 5,900, 29% ownership, 26% chance of being optimal. I think this is just sort of, he falls nicely into lineups at 5,900 yeah. with forward eligibility. Uh, so I'm getting a ton of those two. I'm getting the 23% Sabonis, who's 13% owned. So close to 2X the field there, like you were. Very happy with that at 9,300. You know, price tag is a little bit cheaper than usual. Uh, looks pretty good here. I'm not getting to too much of anything else. 8% Lyles, 3% Fox, 1% Barnes. I'm curious to see who they're going to guard Sabonis with. Yeah. Because the answer isn't Chet. I would imagine, at least. Um, so that will be interesting to see. But yeah, 12% Fox, 28% Sabonis. I've got 28% of Murray, 17 of Monk, 17 of Lyles. I'm getting to a bunch of this one. Very interested to see what they continue to do with Kevin Herter's minutes because uh, they have been embarrassingly low recently. Yes, they have. Last three games for Herter, 16 and a half, 17, 16 and a half. Anything else for the Kings? Yeah, I mean, last game ended up being a non-competitive game, but even in the first half, he played six minutes and 22 seconds to open. He played three minutes and 50 seconds in the second quarter, and that was it. And uh, Alrighty, folks. We have one more thing that we need to talk about. It's promo time, and this one's off the beaten path a little bit. If you are interested in college football bowl season or – I guess not even or and college basketball. The promo code is bowl. You get it for 50% off. That's college football until the bowl season is over, along with our college basketball projections. So on the college football side, you're getting projections, you're getting ownership, you're getting our matchup data, our player usage data. And then on the basketball side, you get our college basketball projections. 50% off. So the weekly pass is going to be 750. The monthly pass, I believe, is 25 bucks. Can't beat that. Again, 50% off with the promo code BOWL. Link in chat or in the description of this video. Adam, let's close this one out now. Golden State Warriors, six-point dogs in Los Angeles, taking on the Clippers. Uh, no Draymond for this one and no Draymond for probably a while. So uh, get comfortable on the sidelines, old Dre. 18% ownership. The only guy north of 4% for Golden State. Very obviously coming into seventy or yeah, fifty four hundred dollars small forward power forward Jonathan Kaminga. I have twenty three percent there. I also have twenty five percent of a two percent owned Brandon Pajemski. So uh, it's pods season apparently for me. Yeah, not for me. I am getting to Kaminga though. Uh, that one seems pretty straightforward. We have him projected for twenty seven minutes at fifty four hundred. I'm getting about nineteen percent fields at about eighteen percent. So uh, right around the field there. I'm not getting much else here. Five percent Paul. 3% Curry, 1% Clay. Uh, we right now have Pajemski projected for 19.2 DraftKings points, which is not really going to make him show up at 5,300. Uh, that that's is a, I mean, that's going to have to go up. I don't, that's, that permanent rate is not him. Yeah, yeah, 0.74 DraftKings points per minute. Yeah. So I think you'll get a little bit more if he's at 26 minutes and, you know, 0.9-ish fantasy points per minute. Um, but yeah, like I got 25% probably because that's, you know, I've I've got him goosed a little bit more than that. I don't have anybody else though. Yeah, I, I agree. I'll probably get a little bit of him, but I think Kaminga is the only guy that I really get to. Yeah, and 23% Kaminga, going to be hard to avoid him now. I think he's going to be playing quite a bit more down the line. But if they're going to be willing to park Clay's ass on the bench when he sucks, somebody in that Pajemski-Moses Moody duo is going to sneak his way out there. 
They're also live to play Kevon Looney significantly more minutes. He's 4,800 now. I don't think they're going to be doing that, but they can. Just want to yeah. put that out there. Like if he went out and played 28 minutes and just matched Zubats's minutes tonight, that would not catch me off guard. But uh, Looney's been pretty bad this year. And then the Clippers. Uh, Q tag on Paul George actually carries so much weight for the rest of today's slate. He's 17% owned. He looks like the best play. For the Clippers, I've got 25%, another 10% ownership coming into Kawhi and to Harden. Uh, not too much else coming in here, but that Paul George news is very interesting. Not to mention three-game night slate tipping off at 10 o'clock. It's also very relevant for that. Yeah, agreed completely. Right now, I'm not getting much here. 7% George, 6% Kawhi is all that I have. Um, never upset about getting to any George, Kawhi, Harden, but all of their salaries did come up at least a little bit. But if George is out, that really matters. Uh, we had Norm Powell start the second half last game, shooting guard small forward at 5,700. That would certainly be interesting and pretty easy to fit into lineups. It You would expect it to increase production for both of Harden and Kawhi. Westbrook is still 7,600, so I don't know how much I could end up caring about him regardless, but um, would be a benefit for several parts of this team. Anything else you want to add here? Because... If Paul George is out, then like we're just it, it really just changes up the Clippers in a big way. Yeah, like Kawhi would look really good, Harden would look really good, Powell would look really good, assuming he starts. Yeah. The pricing, like like I said, I think Westbrook just becomes a tough sell regardless at 7,600. Terrence Thank Mann, God, by the way. What? Thank God Westbrook's 7,600. Uh, no. My first thought was I really hope he's not like 5,200 or something where he's just this great yeah. play if George is out. Um, Man is already 5,200. You know, I think that, sure, he looks marginally better, but I don't think it's going to make a huge difference for him. I wonder if we see Tucker for 20 minutes because he's been bitching and yeah. shit. I mean, do you just slot him in at the four now and or do something weird there? I don't have to. I don't think we'll have to play him, so that'll be Daniel fine. Daniel Tice is kind of interesting to me in tournaments. I'm not getting to him, but he's down to 3,900. He's still just playing straight backup minutes to Zubats. Yeah, I think that's reasonable. Like, if people uh, – Trey Lyles was projected for a, a decent 17? Yeah, if yeah. people are playing – I don't know why – I don't know what makes Trey Lyles look significantly better than Daniel Tice. Nothing? Yeah. Three extra minutes, maybe? Right, like, he projects a little bit better, but from, like, yeah. a range of outcome standpoint, they're kind of the same thing. Fun slate for, like, playing DFS. I think it's a really hard slate, and I want to let other people make mistakes, but – Holy shit, is it ugly? Yes, it is. Yeah, I, I, I've said it before. I enjoy playing the slates that are really difficult to talk about. And this one is certainly difficult to talk about. Adam will have an article and a video coming out a little bit later. I'll have contenders out shortly. Thanks to Underdog for sponsoring NFL Strategy Show. Coming up next, we'll also be back at 530. So see you later, everybody. Hit the like button.